Welcome to the stories of small businesses in America, where we deep dive into the captivating stories of successful entrepreneurs. Join us as we uncover the personal journeys, pivotal moments, and valuable lessons that shape these small business owners' paths. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Dykstra and Ron Warsawski. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Katie Dykstra, and I am excited to have you here on our first episode of the Stories of Small Businesses in America. So today, Ron and I are going to introduce ourselves, tell our stories, and how we got to getting to this point of making a podcast. So I'll turn it over to Ron if you want to give some background about your business, and then I'll tell you guys about mine. Sure. Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm Ron Warsawski. I have uh, been a small business owner most of my life, but currently I am an IT uh, person. So I own an IT company. Yeah, I'm a geek. Um, and we take care of small, medium businesses and make sure all of their computers and security and everything runs efficiently, effectively, and securely. That's kind of the short story of what I do. Um and I'm also a voice actor. So that's kind of my, we'll call it the side hustle for now, but that's my my second gig and love doing that in audio production. And um, yeah, that's my short story. Nice elevator speech. <laughs> uh, I'm Katie Dykstra and I have been a small business owner for a very short period of time. I started in January of 2023. So I'm almost seven months into it. And what my company does is human resource consulting and then executive coaching. So think about helping small businesses grow or helping your leaders at your organization learn how to lead people better from an emotional intelligence standpoint. And then from an HR consulting standpoint, any foundation, so learning and development, compliance, employee relations, general HR is my, my sweet spot. So I help businesses build out the foundation of HR or help build out an HR strategy that matches to the business needs. So it's been a fun adventure just doing this for almost seven months. And uh, I'm just proud that we got to this point of doing a podcast because this has been something on my bucket list for many years. I was going to say, I I forgot and we're, we're podcast hosts now. What? I know. It's uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see. Add it to the resume. <laughs> That's right. Add it to the LinkedIn um, I'm excited to see where this goes, but the reason why I wanted to get involved with a podcast is as I've gotten older, I've just really enjoyed learning other people's stories. I've always been very curious, which I think helps me from my consulting standpoint, because I'm curious about a business, how it ticks, how it works. But as you get older, you just really appreciate other people's stories and how they got where they're at today and hearing the influencers in their life. So I've definitely have been more of an active listener over the years as I've gotten older versus the one that's always speaking. What awesome. about you, Ron? Yeah, I I love I love business. It's always been like I always love talking about it. I always love to hear how people have started and and grown their business or gotten into their business. Um I always like to help in whatever way I can. I've had a, a variety of different businesses and uh, experiences. So I, I like to offer help wherever I can. And uh, some of those stories are pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people know some of the crazy stories that are out there, like uh, 
Oh, the uh, the two people who started a computer company in their garage. Right. We all know who they are. Are you going to tell us who they are for those people that might not know? Uh, that would be. Uh, I know Apple Steve Co Jobs for one. Steve, Who's the Steve other? Steve Jobs and, and Wozniak. Uh, so they created Apple. And then we've got, I don't remember their first names, but Hewlett and Packard that created HP in a garage. Um, I believe even a, a local company, CDW, was created in a garage. I've heard different stories, garage and trunk of his cars, but I, I don't actually know which is the accurate story. But And that's what I'm excited about is bringing in businesses to hear their story and how they started. I've had the opportunity over the last seven months to really ask people that question as I've been consulting with them. And it's crazy what risk takers they were to do some of this stuff where I've been wanting to do my own business for seven years and I've been so scared to do it. Yet these people are like, I had like $10 on my checking account. And I was like, what the heck? I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I had started my company, my IT company while I had a full-time job. I was a technical trainer for a training company. It was Microsoft certified trainer, Citrix certified instructor. Um, didn't make the 18th round of layoffs in 02 and the IT market was just tanked from the 9-11 and the dot-com bust. I literally left work that Friday afternoon and I felt like I got the last, the last lifeboat off the Titanic because that company was just imploding. And on the car ride home, I said, I'm not a looking, I'm not looking for a job. And isn't that crazy? Because you had kids at the time. You oh, were yeah. married. I assume oh, yeah. you held the insurance in the family. Oh yeah. Only oh, the only provider have, having to deal with health insurance, a whole shot. So I just started contract training and continuing consulting. And I never, I literally never applied for a job. Just took the ball and ran with it. It's crazy because I, um, again, single mom here, I have two little kiddos that are in elementary school and that was some of my biggest fear. I'm divorced. So they're on their dad's insurance. So I didn't have to worry about that component of thinking about the family other than financially providing for them and having a roof over their head. But again, like you did it and didn't even, you weren't even nervous. No, I don't know that I'd say that, but I mean, yeah, the decision seemed pretty easy to make. Um, but yeah, there was definitely tougher times, but yeah, I did. I really did. I never considered looking for a job. Um, here's a funny story. Friday afternoon, I get a call from somebody in the company that I don't even know who they are. Not even sure if I recognize the name. And he tells me, I hate the way this company runs thing. I just want to give you a heads up you're getting laid off today. I'm like, what? And, and that was it. That was the conversation, but it was not a boss. It was somebody giving me the scoop. So I tried to find my boss and he was in a meeting. I was ready to go home. I was done working. It was noon. I was ready to go home. I'm waiting around for him. He finally gets out of a meeting. We go into the classroom that I was teaching in and we're talking and literally there had been layoffs like almost every week. It was ridiculous. So I'm like, any layoffs happening this week? Yeah. Anyone I know? Yeah. Is it me? Yeah. That's how I got fired. I fired myself, basically. Man, that is crazy. It's like, <laughs> for the HR folks that are on this, 
biggest no-no is we never release the list. We only have a few confidential people that know. So you don't have something like I that. I don't know how he, I don't know how the guy knew. I, I, if I remember, he was from Florida and I'm in Chicago. So I, I have no idea how he knew. If he overheard it, something. I don't think it was a, a list He didn't that was even released. know you. No, no. He just knew the company and, and wanted to give me a fair warning. So I basically fired myself. Monday morning, I get a call from my now ex-boss saying, Mark didn't show up. Can you teach today? Stop. And you said, <laughs> hell no, God. right? I said, no, not because of a, you know, screw you, but I had all weekend long. What do I need to do Monday morning? Who do I need to contact? How, I need to get my feelers out there. I need to contact other training centers, clients, you know? So I had planned my day being focused around getting my business started. Yeah. So I said no, because that would have delayed me. I'm assuming I would have taught for the week. That's kind of the way it, it worked, but I just, no, I couldn't. The next week I taught for them though. <laughs> I don't even want to ask. They, they needed me again. So they contracted me and it was, it was stupid. It was, it was, they were, they were laying off trainers. They, they probably had a five to one ratio of managers to actually people who made them money. And then what about the naysayers? Did you actually have a lot of supportive people in your circle? Was there anybody that was a big influencer for you to actually do this and start your, your business? Or did you have people that thought you were nuts to start your own business right after 9-11 with what was going on in the tech world? my biggest supporter and influencer would have been my dad. And when I actually made the decision to, when I, when I got laid off and I decided not to go and apply for a job and start, you know, my company, not really start it, but continue and do it full time. Um, he had actually passed away several years earlier. So he was not there as my supporter, but I know my dad and I, when I lost my dad, I lost my dad, my best friend. And at the time he was also my business partner. I had uh, several video stores that I owned back in the eighties and nineties. If any of you even know what a video store are anymore. Um, but um, growing up, he, you know, he was an entrepreneur as well. He owned uh, a liquor store bar, uh, a couple of them with his brother. And so I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and kind of all, my friends growing up, their parents kind of owned their own businesses from the most part, from what I can remember. So it's just kind of the way I grew up. That's all I really knew. So you didn't even realize you were surrounded by entrepreneurs until that word started getting used, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, they were just small business owners. And that's just what I grew up with. Everybody, you know, one guy owned a landscaping company, uh, another friend's father owned uh, a few liquor stores as well. Um, everybody just, that's, that's just where I grew up and I even would sell things in school. I remember, uh, getting in trouble for selling bubble gum in junior high. So I would sell like ridiculous, like 50 packs of gum on the bus before we got to school. Um, pens, uh, back in the, this will really date me, but switchblade combs from like oh, yeah. happy days, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of started that, uh, I want to say, fifth or sixth grade. So, that is yeah. crazy. Yeah, just kinda... And again, 
there wasn't a Costco or a Sam's Club. So where the heck were you buying this stuff in bulk? My, my dad, he would he would bring me home stuff, and and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I, I bet all my friends will want that. Can you can you get me a bunch of them? And he would get it from whatever wholesaler that that he bought stuff for for a store. How cool! Your dad not even realizing how he was influencing you into a small business owner. Oh, I'm uh, knowing my dad. He knew. He knew. But uh, yeah, I mean, literally, I started that as a kid in elementary school. I love that. Again, like I didn't get the entrepreneur uh, tip or thought until I felt like I started to become that subject matter expert in HR and everything came very easy for me of solving problems in the business world. And I said, man, I can do this for a living on my own. Like, I feel like I can build this out into something because I constantly was building out my network and I'd have people call like, how do you handle this employee relations issue? How have you handled lawsuits when you've gotten sued by an applicant? And it came so easily to how to guide them or coach them that I didn't even realize that like, I could do this. And again, that was seven years ago. I uh, ended up having some tragedies with my dad getting diagnosed with cancer seven years ago. And that kind of was my wake up call of stop being so tied to work because my dad's identity was work. And then mm -hmm. my identity became work because I looked up to him so much that um, my dad, when he got diagnosed, the one thing that he said, because he has multiple myeloma, which is a cancer you can never get rid of. It's in your bone marrow or your stems. Your... And so uh, my dad goes to Northwestern to get treatment. He still does chemo every three weeks. On Fridays, I'd go with him. I'd bring my laptop with me and I'd start talking to him. But he said his biggest regret was not always showing up to my events as a kid or not being around because he was so busy. And he just told me like, don't miss out on those days with your kids being young because they go quicker as they get older. And I have felt that lately with Bennett going into middle school now and Allison going into fourth grade, it is just really hit home that I wasn't being present. And so that kind of was the start of if I do my own thing, could I flex differently? And could I actually show up to events and not miss out on things or ask my parents not to be so involved? Because I feel like raising kids, right? It takes a village, but my village was doing more work because I was always working. Uh, and so that's really shifted a little bit too, where I've made it that I don't take phone calls unless it's an emergency after two o'clock so that when my kids get off the school bus, I can focus on them and help them with homework. Yeah. And again, after they go to bed, I'll work on client work, but I'm setting that up on my own time. So that was kind of a, a an awakening for me was when my dad got diagnosed and hearing some of his regrets that he had in his career and how it impacted the family. Yeah. And that's one of those uh, benefits of ownership is that you can have that flexible time. Yeah. I traveled a lot for training. And so during the weeks, I would basically fly out Sunday, fly back Friday. So there were there were things I would miss during the week, but my, my youngest was big in theater. So I would very often, you know, get off the plane, get back home and go to see her show. Yeah. It's crazy. You don't realize as a kid, how much your parents are sacrificing and some of the things that they're doing to make it happen. Uh, and again, until I had kids, I didn't know. I had no clue. I remember uh, my first year of having Bennett and I went to my mom and I was like, you are an amazing mother. I have not told you enough how amazing you are and how you made everything happen at the household. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 
taking care of a household is a job too, no doubt. Yeah. And kudos to you for being a single mom and taking care of it all. Like I said, it takes a village. I have a good support system. And I think it when, when it comes to small business owners too, like you mentioned, your friends, your dad having his own business, I assumed they helped each other. It takes a village, even with a small business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's just bouncing ideas off each other, you know, uh, you know, how, how do you market? How do you do this? How do you do that? Who do you use for this, that, or the other, right? You need a plumber because something's wrong. You need, uh, you know, back then they probably didn't have an IT person, but you know, uh, it, it, yeah, you just, your, your circle matters. It, it's true who you have in your circle, what resources you listen to, everything that you do, it does have impact um, with your business, who you're networking with, who's guiding you, who your mentor is, your referrals, all those pieces. Yeah. yeah it's it's well, amazing. Just thinking about it. You know, if, if you have a, let's say you got a retail store and you have a problem like, like plumbing or whatever, I, I don't know about you, anybody else, but sometimes trying to find the right company to come out that, that, you know, you can trust, isn't going to charge you too much. You can spend a lot of time trying to find that. And if you've got, you know, a circle of friends that you can just say, Hey, Johnny, who do you use? Great. Give me their number. And you're done. It's literally took hours of research down to just a few minutes because they've used them. They trust them. They know what kind of work they do, et cetera. That's time is the, the thing you, you have the least of as a small business owner. Because you have so I, much to do. Well, yeah, because again, I don't like task-oriented stuff. I save Fridays for those. I hate doing tasks. I want to do the strategy piece. I want to be talking to the clients. But that's my job right now until right. I can take on another person underneath me that or under me that can do that stuff. Right. So yeah, it's it's a one. I'm doing everything. Yeah, there's the fun stuff and there's the tedious stuff. And it's all got to get done. Yeah, I like nothing more than designing networks for companies to have, you know, people access their their data worldwide and all that good fun stuff. But um it's uh it's not all that. There's there's much more to it because you're you're dealing with every aspect of a business. The interesting part that I've noticed in the short time that I've been in this space is that how helpful everybody is in small businesses like even competitors. And when I say that other people that are doing HR consulting or leadership development, how kind they are that if they can't handle it, they'll pass it your way or vice versa. And I have not seen that in the companies that I've worked at, right? Your competitors are your competitors. Don't reveal anything. Don't collaborate. Uh, so it's been wonderful. I made a goal for myself that I try to network with two or three people every week learn about their business, learn how I can help them, not wanting anything in return, just to learn. And it's been amazing how many people I've met that do what I do across the country that have connected with me with other people Yeah. just because they're kind. And they're like, you're voice not my competitor, you're like my that. peer. Yeah, voiceover world is like that. They're all very helpful to each other. If, you know, if somebody's looking for a different voice, you know, yeah, great call, you know, call Paul, call, you know, John, whatever it is. And, and we'll just refer things because, you know, everybody's got a different sound. Everybody's got a different take on, on a read. 
Um, one of my funnest is uh, someone who was looking for a British female and they wanted me to do an audition. No, not as a British female. I, I didn't do my, my best Mrs. Doubtfire. But um, I said, I have a friend that's a British female voice actor. She's in New York. Let me get you an audition. And I did. And I also auditioned. And kudos to the video producer who submitted my read because he thought it would be better than what the client actually wanted. And I got the gig. But I love that. Again, like what you put in the world is what you're going to get out. Uh, and again, kindness is always going to get you further than being competitive with others. And so I've loved that change of just helping to help. No strings attached that it's just the right thing to do. Absolutely. And the guidance that we've been able to help others. Absolutely. I love helping people. Solving problems and helping people. Two favorite things. But I think that's your purpose. Like when we talk about purpose, I know I'm teaching my kids that it's better to be kind than to be competitive with right. being in this space. Absolutely. And be a team player. And again, I think small businesses sometimes worry that they won't be a team player, but you still build out a team. You still have people to connect with. Yeah. They're just not in your business. Even if you're an army of one, you still, you know, there's, there's still a team involved. Yeah, There's absolutely. People you connect with. Well, I think I forgot to mention how we met because our listeners don't know. And it's kind of a crazy story when you meet people at the right time and it kind of just hits off. Yeah. So um, Ron and I met, I ended up joining my local chamber and Ron's actually part of a different local chamber in our area. And for those who don't know, we're in the Chicagoland area, Northwest Burbs. So Ron is part of Elgin. I am in the West Dundee area and our chambers get together to have networking events. So in January, they ended up having bingo night at the community college. And I literally just signed up days before. The only reason why I signed up for the chamber is because I saw the bingo event. And I was like, oh, this is a good intro for me to meet other people locally. Again, being in corporate America for 17 years, I had no clue how local businesses work together or support each other with resources. So I end up randomly sitting at a table and Ron's at the table. And Ron's already like the comedian at the table. He's cracking jokes with people. He's talking about his family dynamics with his two daughters that are adults, uh, how the holidays were. And I remember turning to him saying like, you need to be like a stand-up comedian or you need to do something that's in that arena with entertaining with your voice. And I, I remember Ron responding saying that actually it's a hobby right now. <laughs> uh, so Ron, I'll turn over to you of how you got there and how we met and how we kind of kicked it off from that point. But it was interesting for me because it was a fluke for me joining and going to that event. Yeah, and I don't even think I knew that you had just joined days before. So yeah, I've been a member of uh, the Elgin Chamber for um, many years now, <clears throat> probably over a decade, I would guess. And um, yeah, so I go to as many networking events as I can, and the multi-chamber ones are always good because there's like 100 people there. And there's always some sort of a, usually some sort of kind of a, a game where you're going to meet a whole lot of people and they don't just show up in a room and you end up, you know, clicking together and you don't see anybody but four or five people. Um, 
So yeah, so I signed up for that one. It was bingo. I'd never done that before. I think it was the second or third time they've done that. It was definitely an interesting event. Um, yeah, and and uh, sitting at that table, actually, the guy next to me, I knew from my youngest daughter, they did theater together. So shout out to Jonathan Horn, uh, very talented guy. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was very interesting. So then Ron and I exchanged information. I said, I'd love to learn more about his business. He ended up contacting me a couple weeks later via LinkedIn. And then we ended up having a call and just talking about our interests and hobbies. Um, both of us being independent one man shows, we started meeting at like a coffee shop every week and just talking about things in our business. And Ron started guiding me and giving me some advice as I started building out and using my referrals to build business. And so he was kind of a mentor to me the first couple of months that we were meeting oh, that I can bounce it. off questions. Don't say that because again, I understand the business world, but mm -hmm. when you're an independent small business owner, it is a different mindset. And so like, I didn't know how to sell or how to talk about myself and give my elevator speech. I could do it for any of the organizations I've worked at in the past, but it was different. And so you kind of helped guided me. And I don't even know if you realize that. Maybe not, but happy to do it. Yeah, there's people, you know, there's the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? And I, I can't even tell you how many people think, you know, oh, I work for the man and you, you work for yourself. Yeah. Um, sometimes I look at the grass is always greener. If I had a tech job working for whoever, I'd be done at five o'clock for the most part. I'm not done at five o'clock ever. I work, I do some work every day. There's literally not a day that I don't do something for work. So like this weekend, had to update, you know, God knows how many machines and figure out troubleshooting for a client that had to come online on Monday. And yeah, I, I spent easily, I don't know, 10 hours this weekend working at least. Yeah. But you and the thing is, I never see you not enjoy it. So like, although oh, you it. might work, exactly. Yeah. Like you can see the passion and that's how I feel as I even talk to potential clients. I love to hear their story. I love to hear their business. I probably give away too many things while I'm talking to potential clients about what they could do, but it's because you find such joy hearing their passion and again, that's what I've always loved about our coffee chats is hearing mm -hmm. like what's been going on with your business, who have you been talking to, what's on deck. It's kind of almost like my motivator of, okay, he's doing it from this industry. I can do it from that industry. Right. Yeah. No. And I get motivation out of, out of our, out of our meetings as well. No, it's, it's very motivating and, and meeting at a coffee shop, getting out of these four walls. Cause like, this is where I, I, I mean. I think I'm just going to put a better pillow on the back here and just sleep here in this chair. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to get out, see daylight um, and see people and be with people. Uh, and, I and that's, that's and that's the greatest part. That's why, <clears throat> I mean, I've done work for fortune 50 companies and it's great. I love it. Cause I love my work, but I really love working with small, medium businesses and getting to know them. And <clears throat> I mean, they're friends, right? You, you get to know them, you get to know about their business, about their personal lives. And it's really a partnership. It really is. So, you know, I don't, I don't try to sell anybody things because I want to make money. I solve problems for clients 
that need problems solved. And if they don't have a problem, well, then they don't need something. Yeah. And I think that's what our podcast is about is just the curiosity component about hearing other people's stories, their influencers. Um, so you, the circle of back, when you started your own business, did you have a circle of supporters or did you have a circle of naysayers that thought you were crazy? Um, circle of either. Let's see. Um, I would say probably just supporters. Um, I didn't, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember anybody saying like, don't do it, but I don't have like a massive circle of friends either, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember anybody saying don't do it. I had a combo. So, um, one of my influencers has always been my dad. My dad has like five master's degrees. He's an engineer, really smart man. And he's the one that got me into like loving businesses and how they tick and how they're wired. But he just said to me like, Hey man, going into consulting is going to be difficult. Like you have to do all the jobs. It's not just one or two. And right. so that was interesting to me. Um, yeah, that's part of that grass is always greener. People don't realize your account's payable, your account's receivable, your sales, your marketing, you're, you know, doing the actual job of whatever it is that you do, right? So for you, it's HR. For me, it's IT uh, or voice acting or whatever it is. So, you know, you're you're not just uh, the baker, right? You, you got to put the sign on the front door. You got to pay the bills. You got to pay the electric bill. You got to order all the flour and sugar and whatever it takes to make bread. Um, it, it's a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and it's it, honestly not for everybody. It's not. And so my dad kept trying to talk me out of it. I have a very supportive fiance and Jim was like, if you think it's going to make you happy, I support you. So again, Jim has a whole wild story of things that has been going on in his life with taking care of his parents in hospice. And he still said, run for it. I'd like do it. And he's like, worst case scenario, you can always go back to what you're used to and what you've been doing. But if you don't take this risk now, you might regret it. And so that was uh, the one pusher for me that I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to show up for my family in ways that I haven't been to, like been able to with the pandemic, like HR has gotten really burned out. Leaders have gotten really burned out that we worked crazy hours for the man, as you call it. Um, and I just couldn't separate. So like, I literally would feed my kids dinner, get them to bed. And then I jump on and be on the computer until 1am trying to manage my work plus my team's work. And it just wasn't working for me. Like my mental health started to go downhill. I wasn't happy. I was always disgruntled with my kids, which how awful is that? I'm working 60 plus hours. And then I get off the computer and I'm just yelling at them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people so say, oh, you can make your own hours. That is somewhat true. You still have to deal with clients and you're on their clock, right? But yeah, if you've got something to do that maybe isn't time sensitive and you don't want to do it at three in the afternoon because you want to go out in the backyard and, you know, relax. Yeah, you can do that. And but that's probably been the biggest. You're going to come back and do that work at maybe nine o'clock at night. Maybe when, you know, when the kids are all asleep. It doesn't what disappear. It? it still has to get done. You just have the ability to maybe time manage it better, you know, flexibly, more flexibly than uh, other people. And I think you're right on with that thought. It was a different mindset for me. Like there's been days where I get really creative and it's one o'clock in the morning. Kids are already asleep and I'm knocking out 
different documents for my clients on Canva. And again, I would have never done that before where I just get this creative um, idea that I want to execute right now because it's on the, you know, I just thought of it. Right, right. Well, when you're an employee, you're getting paid. I mean, as long as you do a reasonably good job, uh, the company is going to pay you and you get your check, your benefits and all goes well. When you're working for yourself, if you don't want to do the work, you don't have a company. You don't have anything. Maybe you're not even a home at that point uh, if you're doing yeah. nothing. So it, it, you, you have to. It's a lot riding on your shoulders. So some of the stuff that I do is I do a lot of speaking events and it really, I just like you geek out on IT, I geek out on the workforce. So a lot of my public speaking is talking about the future of the workforce and people are saying they can't find talent. And what I've been tracking and what I've been seeing with stats is that by 2034, 50% of our workforce is going to be contingent. It is going to be small business owners doing contracts at different organizations versus working at a place full time. And I think that's exactly what we've been doing and it's going to take off. And I think COVID really put that in perspective of managing your time, like you were just saying, and having ownership of when you do something or when you say no to something. Right. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating. nice to have the ability to, to move things around. And there's times middle of the day, like if I don't have anything that's pressing, I need, I need a break. I take a break. But I know I've got to do it later on. Yeah. But I would say my mental health is great right now. It's in the best place that it's ever been. And don't get me wrong. Like there's with being a small business owner, it ups and it flows, right? Oh, you yeah, have too absolutely. many clients, you have not enough. And every month it's different. What could cause you fear or you can just believe that it's going to pick up again and it's going to go through cycles. It does. It absolutely does. And it's, you know, when it rains, it pours. I mean, I get the, there's days where like, I don't get a call. Everything's working beautifully. That's, that's awesome. I can do, you know, work on other things. Um, and then there's times like uh, five minutes before we started recording this, where, you know, I had, you know, four different people call me with, uh, you know, issues and yeah, they're all resolved pretty quickly, but you know, I always look at it like, yeah, I think it's easy and simple and no big deal, but to them, it's a big deal because they can't do their work if like one guy couldn't find a file, right? So we, we've got to make sure those files sync up to where they need to be so they can pass it off to other people in the company to, to finish it off. So it, you know, it, it holds up people. So they call, it's resolved, done. But well, that's the way it works. Not... So, so, so since recording this, I haven't gotten anything. No but, pings, no emails. Um, no clients. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah so it, it 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 ebbs and flows it absolutely ebbs and flows and and that's what you know we we want to talk to the people that do this that started their own companies that went through hard times went through great times and you know i i, I have a client that meeting an events company COVID hit they went from whatever money they made to zero overnight to zero income for months years and they closed the company and then the brother reopened it bought it and started over and he's doing great so it's it, it's crazy it's just crazy and the stories are amazing 
I love that you say that because I, you, you talk about reinventing yourself. That's really what happens as you become a business owner and as your business changes over time. Because again, you mentioned that you did a lot of training. We've talked recently. You say it's not so much training anymore that you're doing. It's really your other part of your business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Training kind of went, fell off, fell off the edge. So, so I'm excited to talk about our speakers that we're bringing on to hear how they reinvented themselves, how they became entrepreneurs. I think that's the fascinating part, how they started building out not just one line of business, but multiple lines because they saw that opportunity. Um, and so, this year, as you guys hear our speakers, I'm excited for you guys to hear their lessons learned, their advice that they have for you. So anybody on this podcast that's listening, if you thought about doing the business, but you've been hesitant because of fear, not sure if you can actually make it, uh, we'll talk about that risk-taking and hearing how other people did it. It's not going to be the same for you, but I want you to hear that other people took risks and what they had to face and the challenges because the challenge isn't pulling the cord and jumping on the other side. I think the challenge is once you get to the other side, some of those pieces you didn't think of, like, like I've told you, I didn't know the ups and flows and the inconsistent uh, amount of clients or too many clients that you're saying oh, yeah. yes to. Yeah. You'll have, you know, contracts, sales orders, you know, whatever, waiting to get signed and you, you'll wait and you'll wait and you'll wait. And there, you know, you're, there's a dry spell cause you, you're, you're waiting and then you'll get one, you'll, Oh, thank God. Two, three, four, like, Whoa. You know, so you literally go from a drought to a flood kind of like the world today. Um, so okay. it's, it's, it's a crazy ride, but it, if, if you've got the stomach for it, it can be absolutely amazing. And again, if you're seeing the workforce going in this direction, we're going to see a lot more business owners get up and running over the next less than 10 years, less than a decade. Yeah. We're going to see a lot more people taking the risk and becoming entrepreneurs. Absolutely. So, so we stay hope you'll, tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We hope you'll join us for, for our next episodes. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stories of Small Businesses in America. We hope these remarkable stories of small business owners have ignited your entrepreneurial spirit and provided valuable insights for your own journey. Remember, success is within reach and we encourage you to follow your passion and create your own story. Stay tuned for more episodes and don't forget to like and subscribe. Still here? Excellent. Because we forgot to mention that if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, you can email us at podcast at the stories of small businesses in America.com. Nope, not going to spell it for you. It's podcast at the stories of small businesses in America.com. So we hope to hear from you. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.